1: listening To the Walking Dead TV podcast. This is episode 182 for season seven, episode four of The Walking Dead entitled Service. I am Craig Demanda. Join with me this evening is Mr. Richard Chubtoad Toad Sheldon. What's going on, sir?
2: We are in PP Pants City.
1: <laughs> also with us this evening is Mr. Jim Dietz.
0: Little pig, little pig, let me come in.
1: Oh, I like the way you say that. That's pretty good. And. Back from Walkabout, joining us just as a special treat tonight, Mr. What? Jordan from Jersey himself. Jordan! Hey, guys. How's it going? We are going. We're going. We're, we, this, this train has not stopped. We just keep on going. <laughs> All the way to Terminus the and beyond. Has no the train has no brakes? Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. How are is, you doing, is, man? Everyone wants is, to know. Is, what what have you been second, up to?
2: Is this the second coming of Jordan? Is this his <laughs> return?
1: Uh, Not
3: quite yet. But, uh, you know, maybe someday rather soon. We shall see. Um, I'm finally caught up on The Walking Dead, though, and uh, I thought I'd pop in and say
1: hi. Well, hi. It's good to have you, Jordan. Excellent.
2: We're on on easy street, sir. (laughs) We're on easy street. (laughs)
1: so uh this week's episode was directed by david boyd written by Corey reed before we get into it just your initial thoughts and then jordan since you're joining us from quite a while maybe sum us up to what you think is happening you know with the whole negan experience and the end of last season and just kind of you know get us caught up so uh chub what were your initial thoughts on the episode
2: um there were some good moments but overall it was a really kind of middle of the road you know like there wasn't anything like super exciting. There were some great moments with Negan. His one-liners are good. He's no Abraham. I will say that right <laughs> now. He is no Abraham. Um,
0: when he throws out well, some
2: mother, well, mother mother dicks...
0: I was going to say, well, mother dick, Gretch. You know, okay?
2: <laughs> But... Uh, um, favorite part of the episode, I have to say. Father Gabriel. I really dug... I don't know where the hell he's coming from in his mind, but I really enjoyed the the brief moments we had with him in this episode. But overall, I don't understand why they had to extend the episode. Did they just want to put more commercials in? I, that's, that's what I, the I fans don't...
1: seem to think. All of our our Facebook listeners seem to I think mean... that...
2: I'll put it this way. So I, I watch it on Amazon the next day. I have the season pass on there. So I don't have the commercials, but you can tell when it goes to commercial break. But usually on Monday mornings, I watch that before I get ready for work. And it's usually about 45, 50 minutes. That's all it really was this morning, too. So I don't think they added, but maybe five minutes, maybe six minutes to the actual
3: uh, It would episode. normally be 44 minutes this episode was 106 I want to say wow or, okay. or, or an hour and 6 uh, 6 minutes without commercials so the the ratio commercials to airtime as usual when people complain about it is almost identical to what it would have been maybe
2: I I don't know I'm just saying it, it it didn't take me any more than the hour I normally take on Monday mornings to watch it it or at least it what is, it
3: is is with the with the hour and a half episodes they normally front load it without commercials or that they backload it with commercials so there's way less in the beginning and that last 45 minutes or so is where you get the bulk of them so it feels
2: like yeah. there's way more. yeah and like i said i didn't have to experience it but you can tell when it goes to commercial even though i don't have them and i'm just like man i didn't even realize i didn't know it was going to be a an hour and a half episode i i missed that news somehow i don't know well.
0: They but to have extra room for Fear of the Walking Dead hashtag Passage presented by Taco Bell. Well, absolutely, yes.
1: I now, in, in Aaron's absence this evening, he could not join us. Uh, Jim has actually has some prepared notes, and also Aaron wrote some things down. So, Jim, you'll be bringing us hashtag Passage this evening, won't you?
0: Just just let me know when.
1: Uh, believe me, I'll cue you in. You you mm-hmm. won't you won't miss it.
0: But I'm actually um, – you know, I'm, I'm really interested to hear what Jordan thinks because we haven't heard from him in a while. I mean, what about – what do you think about the you know the turns the show has taken and how it's kind of gone closer to the book but deviated from the book in, in ways, I mean, as it has all along, I suppose. I mean, I'm really interested to hear what you think.
3: Uh, so just, just some recap for people who might not remember. The last time I was caught up on the show – was the mi- mid season finale of last year, so I hadn't seen more than I I'd seen a couple minutes in a hotel of um of the, the second half of last season, but that was really it. And then I saw the last scene from last year or or from last season, and I was on the episode to talk about it, uh, just kind of in general. Yep. But as of about two and a half three weeks ago, I uh, I binge watched. Um, All of the last half of last season and then all the episodes that were out at this point, I'm caught up now. Um, In general, uh, I love uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan as, as Negan. I think he's really... He's bringing exactly what I want to that character. Now you might hate the character, but he's he's portraying him pretty accurately, at least in at least to my memory. Um, And I I really uh, like, particularly the uncensored version that I watched on uh, on YouTube of his (laughs) portrayal. But even the censored one, I think they've done a pretty good job of getting it across just how uh, vulgar he wants to be (laughs) and and makes a point to be. even if they can't be quite that vulgar on t- television, or at least since they don't choose to. Um, last season in particular, I really hated, in that last half, uh, the morgan Carroll stuff. At least most of it, there were moments that were cool. Um, and I get what they were trying to do with Carol feeling extremely responsible for... Um, was it Major Nelson? Was that the kid's name? Major Dotson. Major Dodson. Um, I, I get that they wanted to make it that she felt really responsible for his death, but seeing as she's not omniscient and she wasn't watching the episode that we were and seeing those things flashing in, in his head, there's absolutely no reason she should have felt that responsible for it or responsible for it at all, really. And the whole Carol becoming this meek, I can't kill someone now, all of a sudden, like literally at a moment's notice, I would now get tremors and panic attacks after... You know, a solid year of being an unstoppable badass didn't work for me at all. That said, now that they're in the kingdom, I thought that episode was absolutely delightful, um, and I did know what was going on in the re- in the most delightful way. But it was very fun to see that she didn't. So I think <laughs> at, at this point, they're at a cool place with both her and Morgan, but the, pretty much the inter- entire journey to get there um, was just dumb um, and really boring. Um, I really dislike shell-shocked Rick, not in concept. I think, I mean, in concept, he should be pretty shell-shocked right now in the series. But for whatever reason, Andrew Lincoln's performance is really not connecting with me. It's just that I might start crying at any moment, look in his eye, and he doesn't seem to be giving any... Depth, depth is the wrong word, but there's no real variance to it. It's just that one look, and it's been that one look for now four episodes, more or less since uh, the second half of the, the finale last uh, last season.
0: He's um, sweating so hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: but and I agree with you, Jordan, but I also think that his explanation to Michonne, while I don't necessarily fully agree with it this episode, I think that gives us a little more insight into how he is, but I don't disagree with you that they've kind of oversold it
3: oh again the the, in concept he should be exactly that way but i just wish there was some more variants some more shades and also speaking of his uh his explanation it's years too late to be bringing up shane no one cares whether rick believes that kid is his own or not now granted, i say no one somebody out there cares maybe even one of you cares i'm sure there are even some of our listeners who care but for the most part it, if that was going to be a discussion to be had, it should have happened like four seasons ago. it's well, way too late to care.
2: And I agree with you, and, and maybe this is too early to talk about it, but my whole thing is I didn't realize this was a revelation. I thought that this was something that was known. And once I watched The Talking Dead this evening and then just talking to people at work about the episode, you know, they just... Uh, they're like, isn't? It, hasn't it been Shane all along? I mean,
1: but to hear Rick admit it, I think is, is the revelation. Like you know, we all kind of suspected, and we all thought he suspected. For, for him to actually say that, and I think the context that he said it in was interesting. It, it took. And I, I wrote a lot of notes around that scene. That, uh, and we'll get to it towards the end. But it was oh, hard no, for I him. Didn't... It was hard for him to accept it. But he did. You no, know, I
2: yeah. get that, but I'm just saying is the way everybody else is talking about it. This big reveal that it's actually Shane's kid. I don't get that. That's a reveal, and on on top of that, I mean, there's still possibility she's Rick's. But I mean, the math, the timing, and everything that happened tells us that that's Shane's kid. And it's also I,
3: not a reveal because he hasn't sequenced her DNA. It's just what he happens to believe. If well, anything, exactly.
2: that's the reveal. Yeah. Um,
3: but I, I, I mean, at some point, he's
2: going to stumble. At some point, Eugene will stumble across a mass spectrometer and some other, you know, <laughs> crime lab equipment. You and he'll are not him. the father. <laughs> oh, man, please tell me Mori Povich survived the zombie apocalypse. Of course he did. <laughs> of course he's,
0: he's already did. a zombie he's already a zombie so. <laughs> he's been pre-zombied
3: oh yeah go ahead sorry to finish off my thoughts on on you know the last back half of last season and this season so far I, i've been pretty negative in what i've said about it that said i really enjoyed most of what i watched it's just i happen to point out the things that stuck with me that were really annoying um even as as dark and kind of depressing this season has been with the exception of the Kingdom stuff I really think it's effective and I thought thought the death scenes and the premiere were very effective Um, the the use of that fog scene in particular uh, and Rick Mm -hmm. seeing all the different versions I thought it was very effective was it brutal yes it was supposed to be Um, should they have put it at the end of last season I still don't know I think it kind of works just the way they did it particularly in binge watching which is how I watched it it really does work um whether that is the right answer or not, I don't know. But I, I really have enjoyed this this half season then, or this fourth of a season at this point, I guess, and the back half of the last season, even though I sounded negative about them, I still think uh, the show's working pretty well. And Dwight, uh, Dwight, by the way, is awesome. I think yes. I hated when he first showed yeah. up. Um but they have really, really turned the corner with him and made him a really good representation of both the book version, um, but also a really cool just version of a character for TV yep. um, to see his transformation and to really to be able to, to see that transformation and not just come in halfway like we did in the book. Um, I don't think that really spoils anything. We see more in the TV show than we saw in the book. Um, it's really cool.
0: Yep. One, hey, one, last one? Question, one last question before you go. Are you ready? Okay. Did, did you see the, uh, the Chappelle Walking Dead? I did. That, <laughs> I that, was, uh, no. that was pretty cool
3: that was pretty fun yeah. that was awesome that was brilliant yeah if i don't know how i could have missed it since i have a reddit account and showed up on reddit at least once on uh on monday because <laughs> the front page was just all clips from that episode
1: of saturday night live he's only missing like uh you know rick james and prince the only two that weren't there the characters that yeah. I, I i wished were there but otherwise it was very good very very funny i
2: would i would not want prince there not this year okay no. it's too
1: close you're yeah right, that, right. that would have okay. weird
2: too but um let me tell you, Jordan, there's a secret to on how to appreciate the back half of last season's Walking Dead. You ready? I did appreciate it. Oh, no, but I mean to really enjoy it, okay? okay. Watch the back half of this last season of Fear the Walking Dead. You will appreciate <laughs> everything in the Walking Dead show proper. I guarantee it you want it I hear and I'm not
3: caught up on fear I haven't seen any of yeah, that you yet. and just, Jim
1: and everyone else is not caught up on fear there was a few of us that just stuck it through Jordan we, we just suffered. We suffered we through it.
2: We Let me tell you, there was blood, sweat, and tears in those episodes. Let me tell you, and and I I think that our listeners got more enjoyment out of hearing our nonsense than they did the episodes proper. Well, they wrote so much. <laughs> they
1: even said they stopped watching the show, but they kept listening to the podcast. They said that was the the highlight of their day. They said the show is horrendous, <laughs> but you guys are awesome. I said, okay, well if we can at least bring some entertainment to it, that's fine. But uh, we we suffered through it. Uh, Daryl, uh, Aaron, we we were the survivors, right, Chubb? We just we just made it. That's right. Yeah.
2: Well, anyway. I, I was pro- I I did it because I was promised Taco Bell, but I don't know. You know, so. <laughs> and some
1: wedding cake got in there somehow. I don't know. You were obsessed about a wedding cake for five episodes, and I I don't know.
2: Because you don't just let a cake go. <laughs> Here, we away. go. Here we go. Here we go. All right, go. I'm done.
1: Here we go. I'm done. So Jordan, again, welcome back, and uh, we will hope to see you again more often in the near future. It's good to hear your voice, my friend, and uh, I'm sure the listeners will think so as well. Well, thank
3: you very much. It was fun to be back, and uh, I hope to do this again very, very soon. But uh, until then, uh, just keep surviving. Oh, we will. We will, Jordan.
2: (laughs) Thanks, buddy. Have a good one, guys. Stay good. Okay. Get easy.
1: All right. So, guys, let's, uh, let's get on to the episode. Here it is. Cold open. Uh, Michonne and Rick are laying in bed together. It's morning. Michonne is restless, it seems like. She rolls over to see if Rick is awake. She then leaves bed, gets dressed, takes a rifle that was hidden in the fireplace out, kind of from its little hiding space there, and sneaks out of the house. But at this point, we see Rick is up and watches her leave. So he, he knows that she's gone. Michonne then finds an empty field, and which she's definitely outside of Alexandria. She's way away, it seems like, in some kind of you know field. With a, she finds a burnt out Bronco in the middle of it. She climbs up on the the top of the truck and uses it as a vantage point to begin some target practice. And we cut to the front gate uh, of Alexandria. We see Eugene fooling around with some kind of broken radio. I think it was really jacked up. (laughs) Spencer for hire and Rosita pull up in a car. Rosita tells Eugene to open the gate, but he seems, Eugene seems kind of dazed. And again, she says, Open the gate. Spencer leans over from the passenger seat and says, "Hey, man, you know you want to come with us. We're going to look for some supplies and that way we have more stuff when Negan's crew arrives." Rosita is visibly annoyed that I think Spencer even mentioned that to Eugene. She just she can't even take Eugene at this point. Um, but it doesn't last long because we suddenly hear a fleet of trucks, cars, and motorcycles arrive outside the gate. We then see a silhouette. Of a whistling Negan strolling up to the gate. Again, it's kind of a silhouette because it's it's shrouded by the, the, the curtain they have there blocking the gate. and he walks up and bangs on the gate with Lucille, and he says, "Little pig, little pig, let me in." Spencer slides open the first gate. Negan eyeballs him and simply says, "Well, Spencer says to Negan, "Who are you?" And Negan replies, "I know you better be joking." Negan Lucille he kind of you know he's basically referring to himself. I'm pretty sure I made a pretty strong first impression he says. Then Rick strolls up. Negan seems pleased and says, "Well, hello there." Rick though is none too pleased, saying that they had a week and that they're early. Negan simply replies, "Well, I missed you." <laughs> now, that that scene right there, I I thought Really, Jeffrey Dean Morgan did a really good job. Like he likes Rick somehow. Like you can actually see, like yeah. he, he admires Rick or likes him to a certain extent. I mean, like he he goes, I just I just miss you, like like that, like like almost like they're buddies. Like it was just
2: I, I don't know. I th- and, th- I think and that was even cool. Even though it's it's in a mocking way, it's like you said, there's some sincerity there, and and you know, it's something that they that they that uh, Kirkman wrote very well in the comic too. That Negan just was a complete. Terror and ass to those people, but somehow he was endeared to Rick in a way, and then you know later to uh Carl. But um, just it, it's very interesting. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is doing a really good job of translating that character from the page, really good.
0: I just if, anything, if anything, I have more problems with the way um, uh, Andrew Lincoln is handling the portrayal of Rick right now.
2: I, I agree. I just, oh.
0: I don't, I don't, I mean, I know what, you know, I know what is kind of, you know, from the story, from the, the book or whatever. And I know where, you know, Rick is in headspace space. Cause obviously we've been with him the whole time, you know, on this whole, you know, breaking down trip or whatever. But I just, the, he's just not conveying that for me. I'm not really, he's not really selling that kind of shell shocked uh, feeling to me at all, you know? Uh,
2: well, think... it, he's emoting one, face he's giving us one emoted face and it's that yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it's that same that same look that he had with the governor except for it lasted like a blink of an eye in comparison to this and it just seems it's like you want to believe that he's that he believes he's doing the right thing but I don't believe he believes he's doing the right thing I think that he is just so, like you said, shell-shocked that it's just he's one dimension now. And that's what's going to have to happen is the rest of the gang is going to have to pull him back out into a three-dimensional headspace so that he can get it moving.
1: I mean, Andrew Lincoln is a phenomenal actor. We don't need to you know, go into his cre- his credentials. I know that you guys had trouble with, right. I remember going back several years now, when he had the breakdown in the prison, when he was talking on the phone and he was seeing ghost Lori, and you had the same type of issues. I remember like, Oh, it's unbelievable. What's he doing? He's, it's, it's not coming off. Right. I guess maybe one of his weaker points as an actor is emoting this kind of broken down state um, that he's in. Although, Look, I mean he's doing it. We we get we get it. He's broken. I did really appreciate that scene at the end though with Michonne that at least he explains yeah. where this is all coming from. I'll, right. I, at least this this season of anything has been a little rewarding for the fans. Like they're wrapping up the stories neatly. They're not stretching on these, 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 these tangents for multiple episodes. Like he wraps up saying, this is why I am like this. I can't have anyone else die. I'm just debilitated by this guy. And, uh, you know, so I, I understand it's part of his weaker, his weaker acting. You know, I kind of see what you guys are saying. I, it didn't bother me though so much. I, I guess I'm more of a Rick fan, but, uh, well, Negan then dispatches a Walker approaching the gate And he says it was easy-peasy, lemon-squeezy. He's just so... Negan's just such a happy-go-lucky villain, I guess. And he goes on to tell Rick that he's not mad at this prick... Referring to Spencer... eh, That didn't recognize him. He took out a walker that could have harmed him. And says, that's service. Like, look at us. We're, We're providing a service for you guys here at Alexandria. And before he walks into the community... He hands Rick Lucille, the bat... And says, hold this, will you? <laughs> so Rick is now st- basically stood there just holding Lucille as, as, as Negan strolls into his community.
0: Now he's the bat
1: caddy. He's the, yeah, holding it.
2: Let me tell I don't know if this thought has crossed your mind, but it, it's crossed my mind now since, pretty much since this season began, and that is the United States of America, not including... Alaska and Hawaii is 3.8 million miles square. Negan does not have control of 3.8 million square miles. Give him Alexandria. Get the hell out and move on. You right, can't then, do yeah. any. I mean, there's obviously gotta be somewhere that's better than this. You you can't fight back. Gather your shit together and get out of dodge it's a huge country and then there's canada and mexico as well but be careful about mexico we learned that on fear of the walking dead oh wait <laughs> that just gives you bad episodes never mind but anyway it's a borderland that's a problem
1: just the border's a problem you know mexico yeah you know. <laughs>
2: you'll
0: run for that border
2: yes <laughs> i'm just saying is is what is the incentive to stay
1: okay i have some thoughts on that if you're if you're interested in that i think that yeah. They could have, you're right, logically they go back to Alexandria, they load up every supply they have, every gun they have, and every car that they have, and get the hell out of Dodge, right? But, if you remember on the season finale, every escape route was blocked by Negan's people, and they herded them into that area where they had that final showdown. So Right,
2: but listen, that's why it's a sacrifice, though. You don't load up your vehicles, you don't load up all your guns and supplies, You get backpacks, you take enough rations that last you with one person for, I don't know, a month, and everybody does that, and you maneuver through the woods in the middle of the night or something like that. I'm just telling you, there's a way out. You will get beyond Negan's reach, find more abandoned vehicles, and get the hell out of here. You don't have anything that you need to stay here for. You've already learned Eugene's full of There's no cure. There's no turning things around here in Washington, leave. All right. Well, then the other
1: thing is strategically, do you leave a beautiful walled community that's safe haven? Do you give up a prize like that strategically? I mean, without at least trying to work with this guy? I guess that's the other part of it. Logically. Do you walk away from something like that just because you had one bully in the area?
2: This is beyond bully. This is beyond working with the guy. This This is torture and slavery. I mean... You know, not quite to the level, you know, that you might see historically, but I mean, you don't do what I want. I smash your head in with a baseball bat covered in barbed wire or worse yet. You don't do what I want. And I take your loved one and do that. I mean, there's, I I just don't see the sense in staying. You can build this somewhere else.
0: Mm.
1: Well, I mean, obviously the story has to go this direction, and, and this is the way they're taking it. I hear what you're saying, though. There is a part of me that's screaming, too, get the hell out of there. Get your supplies. You've, right. We've worked so hard for it. Just just get out of town.
2: No, so Now, as a fan of the book, I'm glad they're staying because there's lots of cool stuff to come with the hilltop and the kingdom and all right. that stuff. So, so no, I'm cool. But I'm just saying logically from the standpoint of the characters thinking, why? what is the incentive to stay?
1: Yeah, well, we're going to see what happens. So after the first commercial break, Negan is then walking into Alexandria, and he's very impressed with the community. He says, "Oh, I like it here." And Rick notices Daryl is also part of the, you know, the entourage there that Negan brought with him. Uh, and Rick tries to address him and says, "Hey, Daryl, you know, we try to talk to him." Negan stops it real quick. He says, "You do not address him. He is just the help, and you are not to talk to him. Otherwise, I may have you have to chop something off of him." Negan gets real close to Rosita too And kind of gets in her face for a minute there She simply walks away Negan's eager to begin And Rick says Alright, we've already divided up half our supplies And Negan cuts him off saying "Uh, No, 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 no We will decide what we take Not Rick So Negan then calls for his female henchman Named Arat To get the show on the road And she says, move it And everyone starts swarming into town Uh, Negan then asks aren't you going to show me around to Rick and <laughs> Rick's face at this point, he reluctantly begins to walk ahead of Negan again, still carrying Lucille in his hand. We cut to Dwight uh, kind of towards the gate area. And he see- he calls to Rosita and asks where she's going with that car. Spencer was about to answer for her and Dwight cuts him off. He then takes both Spencer's and Rosita's guns from their persons and their car and says, look, you, you have a new mission now. I want you to find Daryl's bike. So I guess the bike that he had last week was not Daryl's bike. I apologize for making that statement. I think I, I, did, I did say that.
2: I, I thought it was Daryl's bike, too. So I totally
1: forgot so. that he did hide his bike near those train tracks when they encountered the Saviors and Daryl got shot. I kind of forgot where the bike was. So I, you know, my apologies. But the bike's still out there. Um, but before she leaves, he takes her hat, Rosita's hat, empties her canteen and says, Don't take too long. She's pissed and drives away. Back to Michonne in the, in the field, a walker finally starts to approach her after a while. She tries multiple times with the scope and the rifle to take that walker out from a distance, but keeps missing. Finally, the walker gets close to the car. She simply jumps off the car and uses her sword to slice it through the middle of the head. Um, then as she's heading back she notices a dead deer shot through the neck and I guess that was by her bad marksmanship I'm, I'm assuming she hit a deer just by yeah. I, I mean that was kind of way off from where she was shooting towards but who knows maybe the deer ran away or mm. who knows either way she shot a deer by accident in town we see the saviors emptying out the homes Negan grabs a cold soda and says damn I love this place one of the saviors begins. I'm sorry. Brings Negan the camcorder that Deanna used to record Rick and the group when they first arrived, and we see it playing back Rick's interview with his massive well, he beard. Was, yeah,
2: he, he was hoping it was some freaky deaky.
1: Yeah, he's hoping for a little, little, <laughs> little some blue movies, huh? But and then you hear Rick saying he's killed people, etc. Negan laughs and says, "Is that you under that man bush?" <laughs> Negan admits he would not have messed with that guy. And then focuses the camera on Rick's face now, which again is that broken, sweaty, sobby kind of face, and says, "This is not the same guy."
0: Yeah, it was a cool callback. To yeah, that, um, to back yeah. to that part of the season.
1: And then Negan suddenly start, uh, starts to ask about Maggie. Didn't say Maggie, but the, you know the lady you know that was sick, and says, "Where is she?" He has some plans for her because he likes widows. He figured that she, the way she went on when Number Two got it, meaning Glenn, that they were together. And suddenly Father Gabriel appears just out of nowhere. He kind of just like sidesteps in in full full Father Gabriel uniform and asks if he liked to if Negan like to pay his respects. And Negan stops and says, "Who is this guy? He's creepy as shit. Freaky yeah, ass dude. smile." He's
2: like he's making fun of Gabriel. <laughs> that was perfect. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. <laughs> he says, yeah. "Who is this guy?" <laughs>
1: I mean, so, the more i think about it the yeah. more it's
0: not even like i mean going back to what we were saying before it's not even andrew lincoln's performance i guess jeffrey dean morgan is playing it so broad and so charismatically that like andrew lincoln's kind of like sullen, intense up. performance yeah, performance true. is kind of getting steamrolled you know
1: i mean i wish jeffrey dean would just be like more normal with rick like i, I wish like Around his people, he had this this act going on. But then, like when he just has a one on one with Rick, he's more like normal. That's what I wish. But he still talks to Rick in that kind of funny way. You know what I mean? Even when they're just the two of them talking together. And you I wish he... that
2: way in the comic, though. Too. Yeah, I guess he you're really
1: right. Are. So he's just playing it like that. Yeah, it would just make him more normal. But anyway, next scene, they're in the graveyard. It looks like three graves were freshly dug and then replanted. Negan, Daryl, Rick, and Father Gabriel are there, and, and Negan's astonished. He said that Abraham had to go, meaning number one, the one, the first one he killed, and that basically Daryl made him kill the second one, namely Glenn, but to lose this yep, sick girl, too... Pile that
2: guilt on him.
1: Yeah, well, he, he just pounded it on hugely, hugely, but to lose this sick girl, too, uh, meaning Maggie, must have been really tough on them. Um, we see, though, a quick shot of Gabriel wiping his hands on his pants, like he was wiping some dirt off his hands, so we know, or at least they're hinting at us, that he's the one that quickly dug those little grave outlines. Mm -hmm. Like, I guess he didn't dig full graves. He just maybe scratched the grass out Mm -hmm. in the shape of a grave or something, right? Is that kind of what he did and made the dirt fresh?
2: I got the impression he just turned the topsoil and, you know, made it look like it.
1: That's what I was thinking, too. Then with Negan in mid-sentence talking about how he likes his widows again, a gunshot is heard in town. And then Negan's face right there is like, oh, boy. Uh-uh.
2: And, and what's weird is my mind immediately went to Carl. So, <laughs> I mean, I was, that's where I went immediately was Carl. You knew he was acting up.
1: So they arrive at Rick's house and Carl is holding a gun to one of the saviors who's taking apparently a lot of their medicine or all of their medicine. Rick insists that Carl drops the gun but he, of course, doesn't, because that's Carl. He doesn't listen to his father, right, or anyone else, and says that they're taking more than half. Negan steps in and says that Carl cannot threaten them. That's not how this is going to work, young man. Uh, even with your giant man-sized balls you seem to have, uh, don't make me have to prove a point again, referring to the baseball bat to the head of two of his, his companions from two episodes ago. Carl then finally realizes, and he gives the gun to Rick, when Negan then takes the gun from Rick. And then Negan says, you know what? I don't think this group can be allowed to keep any guns. You already had a bunch of guns. You took over my compound, and they had a bunch of guns. You got their guns, too. He goes, we're going to take all your guns.
2: This is a problem, okay? I can give negan a pass here and there but they're in washington dc they don't have to go far he needs to read the second amendment there i'm just saying <laughs> they're in virginia there's some, <laughs> there's some constitutional rights being stopped on here and we need the zombie supreme court to make a ruling that's all i'm saying right
1: yes they do have a right to bear arms as as zombie survivors right they do and negan is right. is, is, is not observing their right so after the commercial, uh, the garage door opens. It's kind of a cool shot. It's like you're in the house, but looking through the, the house into the garage. It opens up uh, to the armory pantry house, and Olivia is the one that mans that house, and she's standing there. Negan has the boys go on ahead into the armory, but stands there alone with Rick in the garage and makes the comment, and he goes, you know, I just want to let you know, you got a fat chick in charge of the pantry. Just saying. <laughs> but- oh, and
0: by the way, thanks, Olivia, for keeping such copious notes on all the guns. <laughs> I know, thank you. Right. Thanks so much for that. But, but I had a now. question about
1: that, which we'll get to in a second. But but didn't Carol steal a few guns? I mean, on her way out of town too, because she she busted out of town without telling anybody, right? I mean, no,
0: Karen, knowing Carol, she probably had her own stash. All right,
1: all right. That's if that's maybe if that's the case. Then, that, fine. So she had her own stash. Okay, that could be. Um, but he's going to allow Rick to keep all the food. He says, "I'm I'm allowing you to keep all your food, man. For now, isn't that generous?" And Rick says. What do you want me to say? Negan's like, how about a thank you? Is that too much to ask? Like He still wants Rick to be polite to him after all this. He also wants to know if all the guns are back there or if he perhaps is hiding a few. And Rick, again, admits that they're all back there. Best of his knowledge, they're all there. Rosita arrives on the train tracks. Where Daryl left his bike camouflaged under some brush. Spencer uncovers it and starts to roll it towards the car. He's complaining that all the lives all their lives are pretty much over because of Rick Rick got them to this point, and that if he thought it was um you know he thought it was the people would still be with us like Abraham and you know Glenn Rosita then disappears into the woods at this point. She's just done listening to him, and she just goes into the woods. Cut to town. They're clearing out the armory. Daryl is one of the guys actually loading the truck as well. Negan wants to make sure the guns are in good order. So he grabs Desert Eagle and points it at Daryl, who doesn't flinch, by the way. Like, he's ready for death. He's just, like, ready to go. And then shoots around through the window of the house. Negan's impressed. Then one of the saviors brings up a rocket launcher. And this is funny scene, too. Negan chuckles and says, so it was you guys who took out Little little Timmy and the Dick Brigade.
0: <laughs> I think I saw them open for uh, Modern English in the 80s, Little Timmy and the Dick Brigade. <laughs> They're a hardcore band out of uh, London, I think. But ex-
1: Yes, exactly. It was the, the, the Euro pop. But uh, it was so funny how he doesn't even care like, about his men, like, oh, yeah, that guy Timmy and his little dick brigade of bikers. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't even, you know, he was like laughing. He's like, oh, it was you guys that took him out. Okay. Like, you know, then <laughs> it was just great. Totally great. Then a rot appears, that female henchman of his uh, is shoving Olivia. And, and Egan's like, whoa, 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 take it easy. You don't have to shove these people unless they do something to deserve it. But she says there are two guns missing from the inventory that Olivia kept in, like, a little composition book. Rick tries to play it off that you know some people left town, they may have them with them, but this is the Negan's like, oh really? So then Olivia just isn't doing her job, and she sucks at her job, right? So he's <laughs> Rick then backs off, realizing that Olivia is now in in some danger, and that Negan's insisting that those two guns be found, or Olivia will get lucille sealed. I guess that's the implication.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Cut to the church scene. All the townspeople are gathered. Rick is now speechifying, uh, but the people are not too pleased at Rick right now to hear what he's saying or what he what he's asking of them. He's again saying he's not in charge anymore. He's pleading with them to come clean if they have these two guns. Um, Eric then stands up and says that they even if they find the guns, how do they get out of this situation afterwards? And Rick replies, "There is no way out of this. Negan is in charge." At that point, Eugene realizes that there are two people missing from the gathering. He says, "Hey, not everyone's here." I guess meaning um, Rosita and Spencer. Cut to Rosita, and also Michonne's gone. Yes, exactly. But I guess, I guess Rick knows because there's a line down the line. He knows that she's not carrying guns that are in that book. Like the the rifle wasn't in that book. Right. But I guess yeah, we don't know that at that point. You're right. Rosita's in the woods. Um, has her knife and is stalking a group of, like, five or six walkers. Spencer, for hire, then screams, Rosita, where are you? And draws the walkers towards her. She quickly dispatches, like, five of them, takes a Beretta off one of them, but it's empty. And then Spencer arrives, and Rosita says, this is not their life, and says, what are you going to tell them to Spencer? Meaning, like, I have a gun. you going to tell on me? Something like that. And then that brings us to a special commercial break. This is a commercial, and one of many, by the way. There's been several commercial breaks throughout this episode already. This extended wait, wait, ninety minute me. episode. Don't
2: tell me is it is it is it brought to us by a certain Mexican border telephone company? It is brought to
1: us by a delicious company that brings us great goodies south of the border. It's Woo! fear the Fear the Walking Dead passage brought fear to you by hashtag, Taco Bell.
0: Hashtag passage
1: hashtag passage brought to you by Taco Bell. Now, again, Aaron is not with us, but he prepared some notes, and Jim is going to now read them for us to get us
0: up to date on Passage. Jim, would you do the honors, please? Well, thank you. Um, Fear the Walking Dead, hashtag Passage, presented by Taco Bell, Liv Moss. Um, (laughs) This is what uh, Aaron wrote uh, in response to this uh, stirring, uh, dramatic presentation. Uh, This week, our two survivors are walking along and approaching the border. (laughs) Now, that is good cross-promotion. Oh, yeah. Oh. They're, they're, yeah, they're yeah. making a run for the border. That's right. What they did there. Oh, yeah, uh,
1: wow. That's pretty good.
0: Yeah. Uh, there's some banter to get in some character development. Knife Woman is from L.A., but moved once the fit uh, hit the shan. Oh, I see what he did there. How clever. <laughs> and the bomb started dropping. Then, right at the end, Knife Girl tells panicked woman how to take down a walker by sticking the knife in a certain part of the head, but not the skull as the blade skips off. To be continued. Wow. And that was your Fear of the Walking Dead hashtag passage presented by Taco Bell, Liv Moss. Jim, I a- had you r- 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 In absentia, and by proxy, by Aaron Newarth. <laughs> Jim, that, that was epic, Fine, Jim. Spine, Jim. Chills, I'm telling
1: you. I actually did get a couple of chills, like those little goosebumps on your arm. I got a couple right now. Like they just,
0: they just came. You, up. Want to, you may want to adjust your uh, air conditioning, then, right? I
1: may have to do that. <laughs> so excellent. I, I, there's nothing more to say to that. That was your special uh, passage break there. So back to Alexandria. Rick is tearing apart Spencer's house, looking for the guns. Father Gabriel comes in and tries to help, and is optimistic. He says they'll beat this situation. He has faith in the group and faith in Rick. And he says, look, look at us. We're friends now. And that wasn't always that way. Rick compliments Gabriel for his quick thinking and the grave digging work. And then Aaron comes in and says Rosita's house is clean. There's nothing in there. Rick continues to search and sees that an air conditioning duct in the floor is a little out of whack. So he pulls it up. And in there he finds booze, some food, like some canned food, and a little baggie of two handguns all stuffed down that vent. Back on the street, one of the henchmen wants to take the green balloons, balloons away from Enid, and Carl has to watch his girl get a little uh, bullied by these people. He makes her beg to keep them, and she does, and he allows her to keep the balloons.
2: What the hell is she doing with balloons?
1: Well, if you remember with Glenn, remember they used it as a signal? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, they, they outside, that's right. Yeah. Oh, okay.
2: I forgot about that.
1: So Rick brings the two guns to Negan. And he wants to know who was the person who almost got Olivia killed by hiding these guns. And Rick is reluctant to tell him. Um, Negan insists that Rick needs to get everybody on board for this relationship to work. On the way out of town, Negan says, Hell of a place you got here, Rick. But then Rick, in the corner of his eye, notices Michonne is hanging out in like a burnt-out ho- burnt house nearby. And then he asks Negan just for a second so he can go talk to her. Negan says No. But Rick asks again nicely. He says, please, let me just have a second. And then Negan agrees. Rick confronts Michonne, alone in the home. He wants the rifle to give to Negan, but she's, like, totally shocked. And again, he pleads with her. He's very emotional at this point. He goes, if they don't give up this gun, Negan will find it, and somebody else close to him will die. And he can't do it. He just can't be a part of that. Michonne finally agrees. She carries the deer out that she shot on her shoulders. Rick is carrying the rifle and gives it to Negan. Negan is so pleased right here. He congratulates Rick. Says, Rick, you, man, you read the room. You understood the rules. Rick then says, okay, let me, can I ask you for something? Since they've been playing by the rules and agreed to everything, he wants Daryl to remain. And Negan at first says no, but then says, you know, on second thought, let's have Daryl plead his own case. Daryl doesn't say a word. He just stands there, mouth shut. So I guess it's back to Easy Street, he goes. On the way out, Negan insists that next week someone will die if the Alexandrians don't offer up something interesting. He says those exact words. He goes, let me make it clear. Someone will die if you don't give me something interesting.
0: But you already took all our IKEA furniture. What else do we have? (laughs)
1: I don't know. I don't know, what, I don't know what interesting is such a broad term. I don't know exactly what he's thinking there. Yeah, but.
2: And, and that's a departure from the books. I mean, in the books, it was, we're going to come and take half your supplies. And they left never the food. This, right. There so. was never this whole, you need to give us something interesting. And I'm thinking, okay, that's easy. You're in Washington, D.C. There's lots of cool shit around there you can go find that's interesting. But what <laughs> is his definition of interesting?
1: I guess we're going to find out next week. Negan Negan tells Arat to load up the deer as well. And once Michonne hears that, she just throws the deer on the ground and starts walking away. She is now beyond pissed. She lost her rifle. She lost her deer. All this could have been hidden from them, but Rick just gave it up to to Negan. uh, And she walks back towards the house. Dwight tosses back Rosita's hat, kind of as a thank you for getting Daryl's bike. He says that that they took their guns... And their beds And asks if he found anything else out there if, if she found anything else out there And she replies Just your dead friends I guess the, that's who those walkers were Those were the uh, the saviors that got Basically mowed down by Daryl and his group Right, They're he all kind of roaming around Denise. Yep, Denise, exactly, right Dwight starts the bike And then rides right past Daryl And says You can have it back Just say the word Daryl again doesn't say anything. Just quiet. Totally broken. girl
0: leans over and says, "Sasudio." <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would be a pretty cool word, actually, if he would have said say that. Say the word. <laughs> and I guess Dwight would have caught that because he likes who's the boss. He likes the '80s uh, culture, so that could have that could have worked on Dwight, actually.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we know all know what is the word. Bird. Bird.
0: Okay, no, stop. (laughs) We've all seen that episode of Family Guy. We're good. (laughs) So
1: Negan, now still on the way out, asks Rick if he wants them to go. He's just taunting Rick to the very last minute. And he will go, but he wants to hear two magic words from Rick. And Rick utters, thank you. And Negan says, no, 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 don't be silly. Thank you to Rick. And says that, you know what, Rick? We're both going to come out of this winners. (laughs) Again, he has this special affinity for Rick. He's just toying with him. Just then another walker appears and Negan uses some type of like a, it says candlestick, but I don't know. It's kind of like a big lead pipe to bash its head in. Rick starts to grip Lucille. We see the camera go to Rick's hand and his hand is twitching. And he's, he's kind of grabbing Lucille and he's, just about to use it, but then he lets go. Negan almost forgets to take Lucille back on the way out of town, but he does. He takes it back from Rick and leans in and says, I just slipped my dick down your throat and you thanked me for it. <laughs> wow. Daryl is staring out the back window of, of the vehicle as they drive away, and Rick tries to walk after him after a few steps. But you can see like he's trying to, you know, walk trying to catch Daryl. Figuratively, I guess, but it's just not going to happen.
2: As Daryl's staring out there, they needed to play uh, the sound of silence. I'm telling you <laughs> that. That would have been perfect. Moment.
1: That would have been perfect. Yeah. Uh, call back to the graduate, huh? That's it. Yeah. A- after the gang is gone, Spencer has a little convo with Rick. This is, this is interesting. Rick calls him small and weak for stashing food and liquor. He insists... Spencer, that is, insists we should have made a deal with the Saviors when they could have, and that Rick led them, they led this town to the Promised Land. This is this is where you led us, Rick, and he and he brings up Glenn and Abraham, So they weren't so lucky or something. They you know, and Rick doesn't even look back at him, but he says, if you say anything like that to me again, I'll break your jaw and knock
2: your teeth out. He goes, you understand? It, it felt like Negan has rubbed off on Rick a little bit. <sighs> I don't know. That, that 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 was
1: pretty rickish to me. I mean that was that was a rick move. That was he just he just had a bad day. I don't know. You think <laughs> he just had <laughs> a bad day. He's bringing up Glenn and Abraham right now.
2: He definitely what, deserves what a cold beer.
1: <laughs> what
0: kind of deal do they think they're going to come with the saviors?
2: Right.
1: I think it shows how naive Spencer is, obviously. And even I, I am
2: honestly shocked that Spencer is still alive at this point. Yeah, I mean, me he... I just how he has not I actually thought he was gonna be fodder for Lucille this week. But Yeah,
1: as so at the gate he goes, Who are you? Like at that point it's already okay, you're you're done. You're you're finished. Yep. Yeah. Back at Rick's house, he's trying to lay some sheets and comforters on the floor to kind of make a makeshift bed because their mattress has been taken. Michonne says that the rifle he gave to them was not on the inventory it was from one of the you know it's from the outpost they stole it from the saviors and she insists they could have even hidden more of those rick asks did you or did you and she says no she also says everything we have we got from fighting she's trying to shake rick up a little bit and say we got to fight this man rick says that he made a choice That Negan's group has the numbers. Michonne says, what about the hilltop? And Rick says, that even so, they still wouldn't have the numbers. Rick says, if we play by their rules, we can have some kind of life. And Michonne says, what kind of life? And this is where Rick goes into telling Michonne a story about his long-lost friend named Shane. And long story short, he, he comes to the conclusion that Judith is not his. And it was a very hard fact for him to accept, but he did, and he accepted it so he can keep her alive. And now this is the fact that he has to accept that to keep his group alive. Oh. Now he has to accept that they work for Negan. Now
0: I just, that uh, that just seems so out of left field to me.
1: What that explanation? You mean the, the Shane that whole, story, or
0: no? Oh, the yeah. why he would bring up the whole Shane story about Judith and everything, and my it doesn't, it didn't seem like it it, it was germane to anything that was going on. And I know he kind of tied it together by saying, oh, well, that's what I had to do, and now this is what I have to do. And right, it's like, right. It just seemed kind of pointless, and, and like a shout-out to something nobody cared about anymore. I don't yeah, know.
2: again, I like I said earlier, I didn't realize that it's Shane's kid was a big secret. I, I know that Rick hadn't admitted it, but, you know, again, it just... I don't see how that was a big reveal, and Jim, that's a good point. It's like they went out of their way to throw that in there, and why? Uh, Who who was still asking that question? That's what I want to know, because I sure wasn't. I don't think any of us were.
1: You know, he doesn't talk about Shane all that often though. I think it was a moment for Rick to, where he open, first of all he was opening up to Michonne even more, which I thought was actually pretty cool. And then you know, the second part was he just he admitted out loud that he knows this kid is not really his and he never did that before either. So I think it was a moment for Rick to just expose himself in a way he doesn't usually do. He doesn't just, open up like this, you
0: know. And Yeah, but why but why but why now? All right, you know I hear what I mean? you're saying, like,
1: why now, right? Yeah. But maybe he's just he's trying he's trying to show this woman that he loves, his point of view saying, I, "I can't, I can't have anyone else die anymore. I just can't do it. I have to accept this fact." He's still shell shocked by Glenn and Abraham's death right now. It's really messed him up. And Michonne then says, "At this point, it's not your fault when people die." And Rick replies, "No, not always, but sometimes it is." And he pleads with her to please accept the situation. And he says, "If you don't, it will not work." She then kind of gets on her knees and starts to help him make the bed and agrees to try she didn't agree to do it but she's i'll try cut to later on we see michonne going back to the burnout bronco in the field this time obviously no gun she just sits on the roof uh then sees some smoke coming from nearby she takes a quick walk to investigate and sees that all the mattresses and beds that the Saviors took were just burned and left on the side of the road. They didn't need them. They just did that to mess with them.
2: It was an ultimate FU Yes, what it was.
1: Yes. So that, I think, is going to change Michonne's mind even further. I think it's going to push her even farther away from Rick's decision to accept this. It's going to make her more of a re- rebellious than ever. Cut to town again. Rosita picks up the the shell. The fifty caliber shell is left from Negan's shot. Uh that and he goes she goes to Eugene's house and asks him to make her a bullet, and that's the end of the episode ninety minutes later
2: a bullet, one bullet
1: what? <laughs> well we know where this is going. I mean, you know,
2: no, I know, but right. still it's like what
1: it's a start it's something I mean if they can make one, you can make two and you can make some ammunition I guess that's where that's where they're trying to go. So, before we get to our very own Buster Ratings, uh, Jim, would you be so honored to talk about our wonderful sponsor that we have for this show?
0: DCBService.com is the name of the website that you want to go to if you want to save money on all of your pop culture needs, pretty much. Uh, They mostly specialize in comics and trade paperbacks and graphic novels and stuff, but they also have collectibles. So, if you are a fan of The Walking Dead... And you want to get yourself a little plastic version of Michonne for your desk at work. Or if you would, really would like to get caught up on the comics and get, want to get some of those big Walking Dead compendiums and you know read your way up to where we are now on the show. Or, you know, if you have friends that are into geeky stuff, you know, or just want to get a, a really cool looking Superman or Batman t-shirt. Um, DCB Service is a place to go. You're going to find cheaper prices there than you will at even an Amazon um, you have you have much better, you know, so they have really friendly service um, They have specials all the time uh, Right now they are featuring the new young animal line from DC, which is uh, Gerard way From my chemical romance is kind of heading this new kind of vertigo like line line of comics um, They're doing doom patrol and a bunch of other great uh, things uh, bring it back and um, Yeah, they're uh, they're offering the uh, every every issue of that for fifty cents a piece. Um, If you get things digitally from Comicsology, you get five percent off on that toward your DCB uh, orders. All DC and Marvel hardcovers and trade paperbacks are fifty percent off right now, and there are bundles from the new DC Universe Rebirth. If you want to get on the ground floor of that, Um, fifty percent off on all the bundles for Young Animal, Vertigo, and DC. So, those are all things you might want to check out there. If you just saw Doctor Strange, I know a lot of people have recently seen that. Uh, you can get uh, you know, trade paperbacks of all the best Doctor Strange stories, um, are now available uh, at DCB Service and their sister site in StockTrades.com. Um, but I, I really like them. I, I, ordered the, uh, McFarlane, uh, like diorama walking dead toys from them. Like I got Daryl with his chopper. <laughs> um, I got some of the blind bags. So I could have some extra zombies wandering around the little, uh, sh- you know, shelf. I have it on, yep. but, uh, if you have, if you're looking for anything, pop culture related, pretty much collectibles, uh, cool clothes, comics, graphic novels, books, uh, you can find action figures, statues, um, you can find it at dcbservice.com. You know, what I always do is for, I always first i go to the specials bar because they always have a lot of stuff on special, a lot of stuff on sale. Um, right now, uh, Absolute Preacher. If you're a fan of the Preacher TV show, I know we covered that on DCB or on a DCTV.com or TV DCTV podcast. Um, it was also on AMC and also, you know, a lot of uh, Walking Dead fans uh, jumped on that train too. They have the absolute preacher uh hardcovers, uh volume one and volume two. Oh,
1: that's
0: kinda um, cool. That's and, nice. Yeah, nice, you know, slip cover, hardcover editions, fifty uh, percent off. So again, cheaper than you get on Amazon. Um they also have clearance on uh Let's see, Avengers Civil War II, Amazing Spider-Man. They just have, I'm looking right now, they have 30 pages worth of stuff on just specials and clearance. So, um, you know, check it out. Just if you're getting uh, your holiday shopping done early, which is a smart thing to do. Uh, Again, all these, I'm looking at page after page of books that are just 40, 50, 60% off um, action figures, comics, graphic novels. So, Did you mention in-stock trades? I did. Their uh, brother, their sister site InStockTrades dot com yes. always has great stuff on sale. Um, you know, hardcovers, trade paperbacks. Again, if you're into The Walking Dead and you want to like read the books too and kind of see um, you know how the stories are the same and how they're different, and whatever. Uh, the great, I mean, there are so many great ways to do that. You can get the trade paperbacks, you can get the hardcovers, you can get the compendiums, which are I think 48 issues in one one volume um you know all all those different ways and the best at the best price possible dcb service and uh, i i get as much stuff as i can from them um oh here's a good one batman 66 meets wonder woman 77 (laughs) who
1: who wouldn't want that right i want that's perfect sounds
0: all it's by uh, jeff parker and mark andreco and uh
1: oh hell yeah Yeah. that's a mashup for you
0: carl castle yeah so um yeah, again, if you have a geeky friends, this is a great place to shop for your Christmas stuff, or your Hanukkah stuff, or your Kwanzaa stuff, or your festivist stuff.
1: Festivus. Uh-huh. Before well, the airing so. of grievances, right? You want to give the gifts out before you do that. Right. right okay. Right.
0: Then, yeah, give give's out gifts out first, then the grievances. <laughs> then the feats of strength, because then you're going to be too tired, you know, if <laughs> it later, you know. But anyway. TCB Service, we thank them for their their uh, continued sponsorship of The Walking Dead TV Podcast, and I do recommend them uh, for saving money and for having great customer service.
1: Jim, thank you so much, and, and they do make it possible for us to bring you The Walking Dead TV Podcast, so please check out the website. So guys, our buster ratings. Richard, we'll start with you.
0: Well, I'll well, tell you what, can I read Aaron's real quick? Yeah, you, yeah. you read yeah.
1: Aaron's, and then we'll go to... Perfect, yeah, yes.
0: No, I can have a break before I have to get mine. Yes. Um Aaron would could not make it tonight. He is off doing something I'm sure jet set and very cool because of the lifestyle he lives. He is screening a movie. I
1: don't know what well, he's doing exactly, but he's not he's you
0: know, not he's not the re- most interesting man in the world, but he's working on it. He's he's, he's, he's in, growing he's, he's growing the, the beard. He's trying to he's in the, the top one hundred, you know.
2: Well, a recent Marvel film came out, so I'm sure his wallet got a little padded by the Disney Co., and uh, so he's probably out celebrating, I'm sure.
1: Slanderous, slanderous talk. You, not even, The guy's not even here to defend himself.
0: No, wait a minute. First, you guys slammed him because he didn't like the DC movie, and now you're slamming him. Oh, you're saying Marvel's paying him off. Yes, uh-huh. that's what he's trying to yeah. say.
1: Right. Yes, exactly. Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure he has a giant money hat. He's just sitting at home wearing it, burning hundred dollar bills, and <laughs> big cigars.
1: Those Hollywood people, those Hollywood folks. folks, yes, yeah,
0: <laughs> out by the pool. Anyway, uh, if you'd like to read what uh, Aaron, uh, more of Aaron's thoughts on on the episode, on his review at the young folks.com. There's a link to it on our Facebook group that we'll be quoting from later. Um, But you can link right there to his full review of this episode of the walking dead. But in short, uh, he gave, he left this note written on the back of a racing form. Uh, I give this episode three busters and the positives are mainly the subplots involving Michonne and Rosita. Even if Michonne had to deal with Rick's nonsense, uh, the Jews story didn't apply all that effectively. Uh, for, the, for the most part, this was an unnecessary extended episode that continues to echo my thoughts on why the Negan character is problematic. I understand this episode pulls a lot directly from the comics, but the mix of performance and writing is really not going down well with me as far as an adaptation. The threat feels limited, with more going towards watching this guy seem like a silly and childish bully who has nowhere to go but down, even though we are in for weeks of his silly grin. Of course, that's weirdly reflective of the world right now, Save for Negan's desire to violate Rick's Second Amendment rights. Am I right? Oh, he had to oh, go there. He had to go there. Oh, I said. Clever. Mm-hmm. I kid. But here's hoping we get back to the kingdom sooner. Negan gets more shading. And for Chubbs, this deal is getting worse all the time.
1: woo You see? He didn't forget about you, Chubb.
2: <laughs> it's not quite the same in Jim's voice, but I'll take it.
0: I did the best Billy Dee I could. <laughs> Chum, more of a Barry White than a Billy D.
2: Yeah,
1: well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's definitely closer to Barry. Chubb, what was your buster rating for this week?
2: Well, like I had said earlier, this, this is a very middle-of-the-road episode. I mean, there's some cool moments. I mean, I love Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Negan, and every scene he's in, even sometimes when it's a bit over the top, I really enjoy it. But... Uh, Like Aaron pointed out, the real only interesting plot points of movement in this episode were involving the Michonne and then the Rosita storylines. Other than that, it was just kind of meh, and I just give it a three right down the middle.
0: Okay. Jim? I give it a 275, and I'll explain why. This is supposed to be an extended episode, right? And when they did the yeah. extended episode, there's a certain expectation there that something cool is going to happen. And the reason they have an extended episode is because they really don't want to break in the action or they don't want to break in the story they're trying to tell. Okay. There was no reason this was an extended episode at all. It just Correct. seemed like, right. it seemed like with a little bit more editing, it could have easily been a regular episode. So the expectation that something special was coming down the line was totally blown for me. Also, you know, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is great. Um, but, uh, as you know, Aaron mentions there's only so much mugging I can take of his. Um, you know, at, 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 you know, um, all at once. You know, I mean, broke up over the episode. It wasn't so bad, but um, I, I really, I think he's more charismatic than the character was in the comic, and uh, I really enjoy his performance. I'm having trouble with like, Andrew Lincoln's performance in, in uh, um, contrast to that, though. I don't know if yeah. it just, you know, he seems to like be substituting like intense silence for you know like conveying this broken you know broken down feeling or whatever and don't get me wrong i like andrew lincoln as an actor obviously i've been watching this show now for you know since the beginning and doing the podcast since then but um i just don't feel his his performance is effective right now and getting across the different conflicting emotions they're going through rick you know what i mean so, um, having said that, and having said that, you know, again, it was an extended episode that really had nothing more to offer than you know what Chubb said. You know, a couple of plot points moving forward for Rosita and Michonne. I have to give it a two point five.
1: Uh I'll give it a three. I mean, uh, I, I, I don't. Nothing stood out that again was made me very angry. I guess it was. It wrapped it up neatly. The ninety-minute thing was a little bit of a trick. I thought there were someone was going to die. I really did. This is the first visit to Alexandria. I thought they were going to be a little bit more resistant. I them. thought
2: Spencer was gone. Yeah,
1: yeah, at least him, or maybe another main character. Maybe someone else you was going to go.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you wish Spencer was gone.
1: I just felt that you know, with the ninety-minute setup, you think that that's that's what's going to happen, but it it didn't, and that's okay. Someone doesn't have to die every single week for it to be a good episode. It just, I think Jeffrey Dean Morgan's performance is. Good. It's just I want to see him be more of like a normal person when he's one-on-one with Rick or, or with even with his own people. Forget about Rick. Maybe even when he was with like um, Dwight in that little one-on-one scene they had. It's like he was still playing that weird kind of the way he talks and is leaning back and all this kind of weird gesturing he does. Like... I want him to have his persona, but then also be kind of like a little bit detuned persona. But I guess it's not the way he's playing it, or it's not the way it's written or w- whatever. So
2: I, it is what it is. Um, well, that's his survival when you think about it, though, is he has to be that persona at all times. Because he's controlling a huge empire of people that aren't exactly the smartest and the most um, nicest of people. Yeah, they're
1: a bunch of thugs, pretty much, that just all I mean, fell under his, his control.
2: It, yeah, It would, it would take just one of them to crack a chink in his armor of this persona and it'll all come tumbling down around him i don't think i think in his mind he can't afford to let this Mm. persona down even if it's in private with one other person he just can't
1: he just can't can't let that down so i mean it it just makes him not a little bit less human than I, than I think he could be. Again, nitpicking. He, I'm loving it. I, I, I don't. This, this is much better than what we've seen from the governor and stuff like that, and other kind of villains we've seen in the show. I so, agree. I mean, I'm not complaining all that much. But again, what what do you have to talk about around the water cooler about this episode? Well, okay, well, he took this. He did that. But what really happened. I mean, nothing. He came and got his stuff. We knew he was coming to get the stuff. He got the stuff, and he left. That was pretty much the episode for 90 minutes. I mean, it really wasn't going anywhere. There was no crazy action. A couple of zombies got killed, but that was about it. So, um, you know, it was it was definitely a 3.0 uh, for me. But... Who cares what we think? We have a wonderful Facebook group. It's uh, go to Facebook.com, type in The Walking Dead TV Podcast, hit search, then you hit join, and we get you right into our group. We have uh, almost 800 members, and every week we allow you to type in your own, very own, Buster Ratings for The Walking Dead, and we call them Toby Ratings for Fear of the Walking Dead, for those of you that stick with us throughout that show, and um Jim, it is your honor, as always, since you are with us tonight, to read the thoughts of our lovely Facebook group.
0: Yeah, well, our, definitely join our Facebook group. It's the Walking Dead TV podcast on the Facebook. It's very popular with the young people. And we start off the Buster Riggs tonight with Brent Jones. First, he's a 3.5 crafty lying priest out of five. I was hoping to see the immediate aftermath of our group's arrival home. Commercial break. Seeing Rick this broken is crazy. Commercial break. (laughs) Amazing to hear Rick admit Judith is Shane's and to hear him mention Shane was cool. The continuity on this show is something I love. Commercial break. (laughs) Father Gabriel was super slick. Commercial break. Negan is hilarious. Those one-liners are great. Commercial break. Where does Daryl go from here? Commercial break. Glad they extended the episode so they could add extra commercial breaks. Uh, Hashtag if Rosita dies, I riot. (laughs) Uh, K.J. Bono, 2.5 out of 5, this show is getting pretty bad at managing multiple storylines, long and dreary 90 minutes I'm a comic book fan too, but this issue really didn't translate for me Uh, Trying not to let the massive commercial breaks impact my perception Uh, David B.U. Third, 3 DNA tests proved Judith isn't mine out of 5 Hey, I think he's thinking Maury like we were Uh, I like this one uh, much better than last week but I would have liked to see both the stories of Negan and Ezekiel running simultaneously. The best parts for me were every single time Negan was facing away from Nick, and I, or from Rick. And I swore Rick would swing Lucille. I hope they head north to Trump Tower. Uh, Cheryl <laughs> Morris Goodman, three yawns out of five, 90 minutes of posturing and grimaces. No thanks, Negan isn't a badass, he's a cartoon character with no depth. Mm. Mike Jones, 3.75 mattresses out of five. The Negan dialogue was the highlight for me. Loving everything about Negan so far. Anyone notice Father Gabriel talking like an android? And where was Simon? (laughs) Uh, Hezron Mac, three big yarns out of five. Why 90 minutes? And what's the deal with all these commercial breaks? I could have wrapped this up in half the time. I agree, Hezron. DeRay Irvin, four burnt mattresses out of five. It's difficult to watch Rick and the gang take so much sh. Uh, however, the brutal Negan visits are all more entertaining than some things we have seen in the past. Cough, cough. The Grady brunch. I thought the fake Maggie grave worked well in this episode. But I have a feeling it's going to fall apart when the Saviors drop by the hilltop next. Uh, Johnny Storm. Three out of three out of breaking commercial breaks out of five. Jesus, that was way, 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 way too drawn out. As someone who owns every issue and variant of the Walking Dead comic, I'm starting to think Jeffrey Dean Morgan is getting Negan's character wrong. He's making him way over the top and sort of annoying like when he came and laughed and the camera backed up for a wide shot. That was a crazy what shot. Hell, yeah. <laughs> what the hell was that? I didn't even mention that. I don't know, that, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't yeah, know how swear. something's going to happen when they don't have guns anymore. Interesting on where this is going, but tonight Fear the Walking Dead, the little part, was almost more interesting. Can't wait for that recap. Well, I hope <laughs> you enjoyed it, Johnny. I look forward to hearing what you guys think. Uh, Yukiyoshi Sawada a four out of five weasels looking at you Spencer mention Glenn or Abraham again and Rick just might ask Negan to make fat Joey kill you because you're not worth real survivors uh saviors you just remember Negan is untouchable you guys are acting like you put Rick down yourselves won't be missed if you had accidents and Dwight you can stop acting like an idiot now with Rosita uh Negan left Rick a minute ago who you trying to impress taking her hat Stop washing, stop wasting water because Negan will be mad to know you. <laughs> Throw his water out. Kanpai. Kanpai. <laughs> uh, Charlie Messing, three out of five, could have been edited <laughs> down a lot. I, aside from Rick finally revealing that Shane is the father Judith of Judith, the episode didn't deliver much. Dwight was the uh, quiet asshole last week. This week he was an over-the-top asshole. I wonder what got up his butt. P.S. Am I alone with always getting the picture of Lewis Black when Cub Toad Speaks? Oh, I see. Chub hey, Toad.
1: I, you you do mm-hmm. you do you do convey <laughs> some of that Lewis Black, that kind of angry
2: I guess, maybe. Yeah. I, I looks, like You, you I look like more me. like
0: Ron Swanson than Lewis Black, though. Yeah,
2: uh, I like being called <laughs> Cub Toad though. You're the Cubs, the only good thing that happened in twenty sixteen. But yeah.
1: Cubtoads. <laughs> That's pretty good.
0: <laughs> uh, Mary Turk Pacquiao three. Why was this episode ninety minutes out of five? I could t- totally agree. As much as I like Negan, I'm disappointed we are seeing a little more to the character. We get it; he's mean. He's got a potty mouth. He can be funny. Uh, As this one was an hour, I might have liked it better, but I kept waiting for something to happen. Uh, I did like the machines with. uh, I did. I did like the scenes with Michonne off on her own, Rosita taking down the risen risen saviors, and Negan meeting Gabriel made me laugh. Speaking of caring, I thought the last commercial break was going to come back to find out what happened to and Heath. Remember them? Oh yeah, I do remember them. Hmm. Uh, I miss the Kingdom. Carol and Morgan. Uh, aaron newest chimed in here the judith point was useless i kind of agree there uh chris pierce i give it a 3.5 out of 5 ron swanson zombies hey i just mentioned ron swanson chain story was a uh, place okay we get it negan is charmingly sleazy the helpless eugene trope is getting old each episode it looks like more like the musician milo <laughs> that's
1: pretty funny and, and chris put a picture of once ron swanson versus that that mustached uh, zombie we saw. It's pretty funny.
0: Yeah, that's pretty close to Chub Toad, actually. You know, it's not too far. Chub Toad, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Gwendolyn Johnson, two out of five. I'm amazed that folks even finished this episode. Uh, Karen Shee, two out of five. Way too slow and repetitive. Why did this have to be a 90-minute episode? I could not agree more, Karen. Uh, Rick admitting that Judith the Shanes didn't surprise anybody at all. I, re- I read all 160 issues of the comic. And liked Negan just fine. I also found JDM completely captivating with the premiere, but last night he was just annoying and too over the top for me. Uh, Ian Ra- Roussel, three, I need to get an Abraham quote out of five. <laughs> I, r- I really need an Abraham quote out of five. Uh, straight down the middle without nothing to say. It wasn't really great, nothing to make it stand out. I understand I should watch my friend get his head caved in by a nutcase. I might have a little PTSD, but having been what they've been through, killing his best friend, surviving cannibals, the governor, uh, why did nobody. Take a chance to, uh, uh, to try to take Negan down. Uh, I've read the comics, so I know where to go, but come on. Uh, Belinda, 2 out of five gargantuan rape culture vibes. <laughs> Maybe I'm not a fan. Maybe this is not the show for me, even if I've lived and breathed it for six years. Maybe I'll go watch Paint Dry or some god-awful ABC TV puke series, because this is not doing it for me. Wow. wow. But uh, I got, got two
2: busters from you? Wow. Yeah.
0: Ian Tim's t- uh, 3.5 Punisher shout outs out of five. <laughs> yeah, Judith is going to be the little Punisher baby. Um, <laughs> keeping my review short so Jim reads it out my post. Well, Ian, I did. Uh, Michael Santana force Moldering CD- Sealy Posturpedics out of five. <laughs> um, didn't mind the long and drawn out episode at all. Thankfully, Italy does its commercial breaks a lot differently than back home. Anyway, we're going to have to see our heroes eat a lot of crap before they rise again. Just hang in there. Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington, a 3.5. I just can't hate Negan's out of five. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is smashing it as Negan. I want to hate the character, but I just can't. I really hope they do a backstory on how he became who he is. I just uh, hope he sleeps well at night after burning all those mattresses. (laughs) Scott Homan, 2.5 out of five. Did not live up to a 90-minute episode for me. The entire episode, I just kept thinking, why didn't you guys just pack up all your food and guns and leave town? Yeah. That's just what you said, Chuck. Uh I'd rather be on the road, but I'm the defenseless against Negan's rapey goons. Rapey. <laughs> and uh, Brent Jones did pay, put up the uh, the point, you know, and abandoned Daryl. Right. Brent Scott's like, yeah, but sad to say, Daryl can handle himself. It could be dead anyway. So, and so it's a good, you know, it's a valid point. Uh, Carl Hooker, three creepy smiling priests out of five. As mentioned already, this was a bit long for a setup episode. I found myself disliking the way J.D.M. is overacting Negan a bit. Almost too theatrical. I know he's a comic book character, but the way he moves his body when he talks really needs to be turned into some sort of animated gif. Hmm. Uh, Is Father Gabriel, dare I say, becoming likable? Wow, that would be quite a turn. (laughs) Uh, I laughed out loud when Negan met him. Who is this? Pamela Pamela Burton, uh, two out of five. I'm already sick of Negan and the Saviors. I just want the season to hurry up and be over already. Wow. wow!
1: Wow! I mean, huh. I think the producers thought they had the best, <laughs> the best season ever, and it seems like our fans are not, uh, not digging it all so much. Well, we'll see where well, it goes. there's a
0: wide, it's a wide, you know, it's a wide spectrum there for my opinion, So and that's why I like about our Facebook group.
1: Yes, and Jimmy, do a wonderful job reading the Buster Ratings whenever you join the show, so thank you. If you'd like to leave your own Buster Ratings again, just get us on the Facebook page. Join group, it gets you in very quick, and you can leave them right there after the episode. And We typically record the night after, uh, so tonight is now Monday after the Sunday it aired here in the USA. So if you can get it in uh, within a day or so, or 24 hours of the airing, it's usually good enough to get your own Buster Rating heard. Uh, by the lovely uh, baritone sounds of Mr. Jim Dietz. So, folks, uh, any other final thoughts on this episode? No, no. Good. Okay.
0: No, I'm, right. I'm 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 hoping going into the Thanksgiving break we get a little more to go on and uh, we see a little more Carol and Morgan next episode. So.
1: so we got well, basically four four more episodes to go before the uh, the mid season uh, finale, I suppose and we'll see where we'll see where it takes us you're absolutely right all right so um well again it was good hearing back from jordan this evening it was good to hear he's do, he's doing well out there in texas and we we definitely await his return whenever he can uh join us again uh richard what are you working on besides the walking dead tv podcast nowadays
2: um the dc tv podcast where jim daryl and i and uh joined by our friend jerry we tend to uh Cover all the DC related television shows throughout the week from Gotham and Lucifer to all the CW superheroes and uh, I zombie when it finally returns. So, yeah,
1: very cool. And you mentioned uh, preacher before. When is that coming back, by the way?
2: Well, Jim mentioned uh, it, but either way, I mean, do we know when that's set that's to come back? I don't, I don't think it's, think certain, it's uh, still spring. Spring at the latest, or the earliest, I mean.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be, uh, the, yeah, I think they said spring or summer 2017.
1: And is it a 16-episode order this time, as opposed to just eight or ten, or wherever they did the first season? Like gonna be, gonna be I, more, I
0: think
2: it's going to be ten again, I think. Okay. That was a good show. I mean, I'm, I'm not going I'm not 100% on that, but I think 10 is what they're going to go with. And I think if
0: they do go with 16, they'll break it up like The Walking Dead. They'll probably go 8 and 8. Gotcha. Okay,
1: cool. And, Jim, what about you?
0: Well, like you said, uh, I produce the DC TV podcast, so if you watch any of those shows, listen to that. Also on Nothing's On with Daryl and Donnie Salvo, we talk about TV and movies in general uh you can follow me on the twitters at yoda jones and i have a kickstarter for my comic book coming out in january so i'll be uh promoting that pretty soon
1: oh i can't wait that's the steel steel city shield is that right right excellent i can't wait to see that one i know me too i can't wait would uh, you want to hear me not talking about The Walking Dead? I'm the host of the Auto Chat Show, Show.com, facebook.com forward slash Show at Show on the Twitters and Periscopes, Instagrams. And me and my co host Teddy review new cars, have some fun doing it, cars and pop culture and whatever else is on our brains, pick over the remains of motor news. Uh, we actually reviewing some new cars from Korea these last couple of weeks. We had the uh, the Kia Sportage, and the uh, we also had the, actually, I'm sorry, a Mazda CX 9. We also have a Hyundai coming up. So some key, some Korean and Japanese SUVs for your your listening pleasure coming up over the next several weeks. Of the auto chat show, and we'll be reviewing those. So uh, we actually have a little treat this evening. I will have uh, Jordan, who just pre-recorded a few minutes ago. He will leave us with the uh, with the closing remarks for this week's show for all time's sake. So anyway, folks, thanks for listening and take care. Night.
0: Good night, everyone.
3: So until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember you can burn all the mattresses you want, but you better not remove the tags. In
0: dreams, I walked alone. No
2: streets of, the
0: halo of land. I turn my colour to Flash of a neon light that split the night and touched the sound of silence. And.
2: Emily-